Acts chapter 1, let's just look down here at one verse if we could. Well, let's look at two if you don't mind, and then we'll just keep your Bibles open as we get into the scriptures a little more. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Is this microphone already on? You got, oh yeah, you, you guys already know your stuff there, all right? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And then down in verse number 14, if we could, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. I'm, I'm not sure if anything prepared me for this moment right here as I've been in this service. I enjoyed the singing. I enjoyed the, the fellowship, but the prayer Thank the Lord for pastor's desire for us to pray and do it even corporately. I think the prayer of God's people um, is a beautiful thing, and that's what they were doing here. They were uh, coming together for a purpose. Jesus Christ had already resurrected and for 40 days had made appearances unto many of his disciples, um, of which one of the uh, last commands, uh, I believe, should be our first concern to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and teach all nations and, and so forth. But I love how the Lord, right before his ascension here, um, gave instruction that, that he's not going to leave them by themselves. He's not going to leave them comfortless. We see that in John 14, 15, 16, but also here that the Holy Ghost was going to come upon them. And they were going to be a witness. And I don't think they were waiting for, um, for the church to begin. I think Jesus started the church when he is on earth. I, I even see a place where he met with the disciples at one point and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So I'm not sure. I believe after the resurrection, they were able to receive the indwelling of the Spirit. But I, I think they were um, still to wait on the promise that the Spirit was going to move upon them and they were going to be empowered. If you would, the church empowered. Um, to serve Christ, and, and at the heart of it all is really to get the gospel unto the world. I see a lot of different gifts that God gives, and, um, it, but sometimes it gets confu- confuse, confusing to see um, what applies to now, what applies to then, but even at that moment, I believe God was gifting them to help communicate the gospel. I was amazed when I was just re- rehearsing and going through and just reminded in verse Chapter 2, verse 11, it said the Cretes, Arabians, just mentioned a whole lot of different countries. They were all gathered for that Jewish feast, the Harvest Fest, if you will. Um, Pentecost basically means 50. Um, It's the 50th day after Passover. It was a a customary feast that they would come to. And um, and they were all gathered together, and uh, and the Spirit moved upon them, and, and I believe it was a great working of Christ. And, and it says there that they, we do hear them speak in our tongues or languages the wonderful works of God. I don't think the scriptures ever are confusing if we just stay in them and don't take one verse out of context and, and go off on a, a, a wrong doctrine and end up in the wrong destination because we listen to the wrong teaching. But um, uh, God always wants us to understand. He even put the gift of interpretation around the gift of language. He wants you to understand the communication that is going about, and that's not the message tonight. The message tonight is on this one phrase here found in verse 14. These all continued with one accord. And one accord, and this is sort of a mixture of a, a Bible study tonight. I realize it's Wednesday night, you didn't come 
uh, just for uh, a bus, a Sunday night bus uh, message, okay? Um, so, but I, I hope it to be um, impactful. I hope it will be helpful. This one word here, or two words, one accord. One accord. Would you pray with me as we talk tonight on a rush to unity? A rush to unity. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit. From the moment of the book of Genesis, where we see that you created all things, the heaven and the earth, we also see that the Spirit was moving upon the face of the waters. We see the Godhead in the scriptures where you said, let us create man in our own image. And God, you were there. And Father, in 2022, right here in November 2nd, I believe you're right here with us, where more than two or three are gathered together. I believe you're right here in the midst. And Father, I don't know the needs, I don't know the hearts, I don't know the brokenness, I don't know all that's going on in this room, but I do know that you care for us, and that you love us, and that you have a plan for us. And I pray, Father, that you'd take something that's said tonight and minister, uh, particularly from your word. May they resonate with our hearts and help us tonight. In Jesus' name, would the church say amen. This word, one accord, in the Greek um, is sort of a fancy word. Um, But I I hope you um, can just sort of take it just for a moment. Hamathabadon is is, is the word, Hamathabadon. It's a word that is translated 12 times in the New Testament, 11 of which are found in the book of Acts. Um, And each time is, is the English words, one accord, except for one other place in the Bible. I'll take you there tonight. With God's help, we'll go to that place and find out how is it translated a different way. But I think it's meaning the same thing, just saying it another way. But one accord. I'm still trying to figure out from Georgia, a little, little country um, background. Ted Spear recently said, Danny, uh, he said, we had some eagles in the ministry, um, in, in the chapel ministry. And so people are doing some great things. And I, I could go through a list of different names. I named a few of them um, tonight. But um, he said, he said, yep, he said, we're a little bit redneck, aren't we? I was like, yeah, we are. And, uh, and uh, it, it just is what it is, all right? Um, but, I, you know, so I'm probably killing the Greek word here, but uh, homothomadon. And that word um, just means one accord. But it's translated here, um, or uh, the, the definition is found in, in two words. Homothomadon is a compound of two words meaning to rush along and in unison. I titled the message, A Rush to Unity, but it's the idea of those two words coming together to make up that Greek word, homothomadon, and it's to rush along, and it's also in unison. This is literally right out of the strongest concordance. uh, The author was trying to describe what the image of this word might look like. He said it's almost musical. He said, a number of notes are sounded, which while different, harmonize in pitch and tone. We may hit the key of G or key of F. Uh, I think there's seven letters of the alphabet that's found on the piano. And so, uh, you know, you go to middle C, D, E, E, F, G, and then back to A, B, C. It just sort of goes on uh, and keeps going. Um, But whichever key you're going to go in, the, the hope is that... Everybody will join in on that chord, though they may be singing bass, maybe singing tenor, maybe alto, soprano, or a different place, but all coming in in harmony. 
Harmony is one of the supporting parts of music. You have melody, I believe, is the carrying message of music and harmony, and then rhythm, and um, that's not to override the the song, but it's a, a sustainer and a supporter of the of the music. Is that right? I got the musician behind me back here, but I'll try to stay right. I also see my piano instructor uh, instructor out there, Sister Lorna Lydic, and uh, I believe one of the greatest. Uh, musicians I've ever met, um, a godly lady, loves the Lord, stayed faithful to Christ, faithful in this church, and been here uh, for quite some time, and many of you may not even know her yet, but uh, she's moved her membership to the east side, and she's staying faithful to that. She's on the east side back there, but um, very um, good music instructor. Brother Leonard Delano uh, called me after we had a, um, a radio program. We were talking about unity, Brother James and I, and, um, and, and Brother Delano said, he said, that, that, that thought about the, the unity, he said, he, said, he said, when you go to the Chicago Symphony, if you were to visit one of the symphonies um, and, and watch how they orchestrate it, he said the, the head violinist will actually come out about an hour before the event and just make sure that every instrument or every stringed instrument is in tune. Is in the place I was even found the definition of a first chair violinist that said they're known as a concert master. And they're a vital music leader with wide ranging responsibilities to tune the orchestra and work closely with the conductor. When I asked Miss Lydic about the conductor, she said, Oh, yeah, that's the front man that's leading the or- orchestra, but he has a very keen ear and very quick to align anyone that's playing out of tune. And I think about that. And I remember when I prayed and I believe God wanted me to bring this message to you tonight on unity or a rush to unison. I remembered um, thinking, Lord, why are you choosing a subject that I feel like I may be a more, a little more weak at than strong? You know, if I had just a moment to talk to you, I'd like to tell you about the strength that I found (laughs) in Christ and, 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 and how I'm Utilize it because not only is it dealing with being in tune, but also in time. And it, 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 if you know me, you, you know that I'm waiting for eternity when time shall be no more. And until then, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of known as being late. But I'm working on it. And, and, and the difficult thing about piano, because I grew up playing guitar and I played by ear, is the challenging thing for me was that, um, you know, guitar sort of... It was all right. It wasn't that, that difficult, and I played by ear, and I just listened to it, pick up on it. But the idea with taking the music lessons, I was like, I really want to learn how to read music. And I want to be able to look at the book and, and be able to play it the way it's supposed to be played. Because if I start playing, it starts sounding a little bit more bluesy, you know, and R&B, jazzy, you know. And, and so I'm trying to get it to where I, I look at the book and, 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 and try to do it the way it was authored or intended to. And so I'm looking at the treble clef, and I, I'm like, okay, that's going to carry the melody pretty much. That's the right hand. And then the bass clef's going to pretty much carry the left hand, and, and you're going to carry the rhythm with it on that. And so it's hard enough, really, to do one hand, but to get two hands going, doing two different lines and two different things, has been a little bit challenged to me. I envy some of you that started the music a little bit earlier in life, you know, younger, and, and it's, it's a challenge. And then t- Miss Lydic could tell me, now you need to start patting your foot down here and, and pressing this pedal up and down. And I'm like, okay, you're kidding me. Left hand, right hand, now pedal. 
And, and then she says, that, that's a 4-4, four, four, that's a 3-4, that it's not on time. I'm like, wait a minute, let me learn the music, see what I'm doing. And, um, and so she said, does it work like that, sir? She said, this is not bowling. <laughs> you want to do one-hand stuff, go bowl. But she says, in, in my studio, you're going to play with two hands, and you're going to do it in tune and in time. And man, I feel like I'm corrected. I think I keep going just to see how long I can take the correction. Because I'm doing terrible. I really believe that. I'm doing ter- It's embarrassing. And, um, and sometimes uh, I, I, I literally got me a little piano in my office. If I, if I hadn't got to practice the way I need to before I go, I get on that little keyboard in my office, man. I start, I start getting that hymn out and start playing along with it and trying to get it right. Because I know she's coming, man. She's got that little stick, and she's going to pat my hand, top on my hand, and pop it if it's not right. So it looks like I'm struggling with timing in every way possible. It doesn't matter what I do. But God is the one that's working as the master conductor, I believe, bringing us into unity. He's sort of like the conductor of the orchestra. Brother Aaron Eggers um, masterfully does that here and uh, a blessing to this church. And, um, but um, also like the, the front lead person of the um, chair violinist that's keeping everybody in tune. They're working close hand in hand. I believe God and the Godhead's working with us to bring us into unity and to bring us to a place of service for Christ that could be beneficial. I want to draw just a few principles, if I can, with the time that I have left. I've gotten several messages, one from Brother Reckless saying, hey, just keep it short and sweet. Brother Carlos Rivera, though, he got a little, he got a little um, chancy with me tonight. He said, I, I hope you take it long. He said, let's see how long it takes before people start walking out on you. And so I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to try to, I'm going to try to treat it like the radio. When it's done, I'll keep talking. Just go ahead and mute the mic. It'll be over. I'll, I may keep preaching. I'll preach it to my family, preach it to my wife, uh, but uh, get it going. She, she's actually already preached it to me and I just wrote it down and I'm going to share it with you tonight. Principles drawn from the rushing to unity, that word unity or one accord. Number one, I believe there's blessings of being united. There's blessings of being unified. If you take your Bibles to Psalm 133, you speedy drill readers, if you flip there quick as you can, I've got several places to take you. Uh, I feel like what Brother Howells used to say, there's something on the stove cooking, getting ready to burn. Amen. My heart's on fire. It's burning. And I want to get it out tonight if I can, as much as I can, trying to be a blessing to you. Number one, um, um, unity is a blessing. Psalm 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I think what a mouthful that is. I was reading some commentaries. They said perhaps that, um, not sure of the timing of when this was written, but they said David perhaps um, wrote it at a moment when he was received as king over all of the tribes of Israel. That, that represented, um, Psalm 133 uh, represented perhaps ending a terrible season of national division and discord. And I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty fitting for tonight. We are experiencing a pretty good bit of national division and discord. And a lot of times what is uh, based upon leadership. The Bible says when a righteous man is in authority, the people rejoice. 
And um, people uh, do not rejoice when the wicked bear rule. And I think often that's what they do is bear rule and force things on us. And we don't like it. And if we complain about it or, or say anything contrary to it, then we're just radical or extremists. No, we're just uh, uh, love God, love country. A few of us love guns too. I got by 10 amens there. Right? Um, good and pleasant. Those two words are wonderful. I think um, things could be good and not pleasant or pleasant and not good. But I think this goes together that unity brings about good and pleasant. And the Bible likened it to precious ointment upon the head. Um, that ran down upon the beard and even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. And it's, it's, it's pictures here. Aaron is like high priest and this oil or anointed of consecration There was no service in the holy place without the oil. And that's something that we need as Christians in application that we need the spirit. Amen. That we need God's working. And that's what they were waiting for in the upper room. That's what they were praying and supplicating. They were waiting for the moving of God uh, to come and pour out on them so that they could be witnesses unto the whole world. And I see that and I see even the direction of the flow from going to the head and to the beard and um, down to the garments that is coming from above. Amen. There's nothing in within us that we are able to give out what the world needs. The world needs Jesus and they need God, but we don't have it within us. But we do carry um, the, the testimony of Christ. We do have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We do have the word of God. And I think God is calling us to use it. The Bible also likens unity to do. That's a picture of the Spirit as well. But it's, um, it reminds me of uh, refreshing, something that's dry, something that's cracked, something that's thirsty, if you will. But God said, I'll be like a dew to you. I'll be like a, a watering on the ground. And that's also a picture of the, of the Word as well. And I'll tell you, the Word and the Spirit do not contradict one another. Really not interested in getting into some type of neo-evangelical um, type disco lights, dark and uh, rock and roll type style um, uh, ministry if, uh, without, uh, without having the word. I mean, what, what good is it to try to reach the world if we are going to be the world? I'd rather just get on fire for God and get the word of God in our hearts and share Christ with people that need the Lord and just let the dew come down. Amen. Let the, let the oil come down. Let God do his work. I think many of you remember the message of fresh oil. I think that's the idea is we need God. We're looking from above and we need him to come upon us and we need him to be a ministry. I, I don't know about you, but I get tired of, of preaching and, and, and nothing happening and witnessing and no moving. But I sure would like it when, when I'm speaking for the Lord and speaking for God that God is doing a work that's inside that's more than what I can provide, more than what I can do. But God Almighty gets involved and assist us the situation i want to be in tune tonight i know i'm i struggle with time but i want to be in time i want to be in time with god i want to be in tune with the conductor i want him to lead me and guide me along life's way there's blessings in being unified i think the greatest blessing number two in unity is that god himself is moving amongst us when unified I think the greatest blessing in unity is life with God. 
I mean, what really other blessing uh, is there? I mean, if we finish that verse in Psalm 133, if you're still there, uh, talking about the dew of Hermon, the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. A lot of times when we think about blessing, we're thinking about financial, right? God, pour out a blessing on me, and I'm thinking my wallet can't contain. That's really not what the Bible's teaching, right? Uh, but uh, financial prosperity is a wonderful thing, and I'm so glad he is uh, able to bless, and I'm so glad that God is able uh, to provide for our needs, even miraculously, and can help us. But I believe the greatest blessing, or the blessing, is that, that we have life with God, I think life eternal, I think if you're looking for the, oh, he's anointed, I'll tell you what the anointing is. The anointing is the presence of God, that we have God, that we have his presence, and that's really what I'm looking for. I'm really looking for God and and, and life with him, and I I believe that's the blessing of heaven, is that we were going to be with God. I believe that's what makes heaven, is, is that God is there. And we can experience um, being with him now, and we don't have to wait until heaven. God is working with us, and God is talking to us, and we have God in our life. And we can get our life changed. We can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can see God do something in our life that we were not able to actually conjure up or make happen. It's amazing to see if if I begin to testify, I think I get off course a little bit just talking about how God has radically uh, transformed uh, portions of my life, but I want to give it all to him. I think we see in this text here as they were praying um, the great blessing uh, of, of the one accord or the hamathamadon is that, is that God showed up. Because the Bible says in chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost or 50, 50th day, that harvest fest was come, they were all with one accord. There's that homothomadon again. They were in one place. They were in, uh, and that sort of goes to where we're going here in a moment. So I'll, I'll come back to that one just in just a moment. Uh, but look at verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 8 of chapter 1, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And really the power is, is the result of the Spirit. It's the result of the presence of God. I'm saying tonight that the blessing is God himself. When I look at the principles of the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, as, as we pray, God, give us this day our daily bread. And hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and, um, and so forth. And give us this day our daily bread. And pardon, uh, forgive us of our sins. And, and, and lead us not into temptation. But um, all of the principles that go with that, I, I find really um, the beauty of it is if you could just keep reading through Luke chapter 11. I think it's around verse 13. And God likens this thought like to how a father would give good gifts unto his children. And he says something like this, how much more would your father in heaven give you the spirit or the Holy Spirit to them that would ask? And I'm thinking really the principle all around that of, of asking, seeking, and knocking, and, and asking with importunity. And uh, somebody come to me and I, I don't have any bread to give. So I think I'll go to my friend and maybe ask him if he's got some bread. And, and so at midnight, he goes to his friend and says, hey, I had somebody in the journey come to me and I have not to give to him. 
And he says, well, leave me alone. I'm in bed with my children. Just go on about your way and talk to me tomorrow. But he says that he kept asking with importunity or much begging or supplication as they were praying in that upper room. And he said, I I did not give it because of you being friend or your relationship based, but I gave it to you because of your much asking. Then he is able to go and give him uh, what um, the uh, original request was. And I think the whole picture of the whole thing is, is um, you and I, and I think it was preached here recently with Pastor Clarence Sexton, we really don't have anything to give. We're empty. I mean, we have knowledge and we have uh, of character and there's things that uh, we're not going to be respected if we're not trying to study and, and do our part. But really, at the end of the day, when I've done everything that I can, I really do not have what it takes. So I go to my father and I say, Father in heaven, I don't have what it takes and they, they need you. And God is willing in his grace and his mercy uh, to give us the spirit so that we can be a, a, a ministry uh, to them and be able to preach the gospel. I'm sorry, I lost my microphone. I must be talking so I don't even need it tonight. I'm sorry. Y'all can adjust me if I'm hurting anybody's ears or anything. I don't mean to. God is able to pour himself out to us, and, and that's really what we need. I believe the greatest, I could just stay there, and I'm, I'm enjoying that thought. The greatest blessing of unity is God himself. Life with God, number three, unity means togetherness or wholeness, oneness. I look at Acts 2, 46, just for a moment, if you would, it's, it's that they were in one accord. They continually date daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart and that word singleness of heart there and i see um a, 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 an iron a, a laser focus if you will of one passion and one place and one prayer to one god if you would flip over to ephesians chapter four if you would my brother james anderson said this really goes real good with unity and talking it out and i said it sure does and uh, chapter four of ephesians says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit i thought that was beautiful right there that word endeavoring as well means to make haste or to use speed god's speed for us as a believer in christ as the spirit and god almighty the conductor is also rushing to unison to bring all the members of christ together for a purpose for a cause in the days in which we live god is also encouraging us to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, it says there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one hope, there's one Lord, verse 5, there's one faith, one baptism, one God. I, I like a God's plan, it's not plural or multiple, it's, it's oneness. And I see that, it, it would really help our families, I think, a lot as if we didn't, uh, we're really able to hone in and just think about um, God and, 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 our, and our wife or our husband. There's really no time in this day and time to really be looking outside of, of the gates, if you will, or gazing over the fence, if you will, to another pasture. Being from Georgia, being from the country, my dad owned farmland. He says, son, I'll tell you what makes the green grass or, uh, or the grass greener on the other side. And some of you probably already know that. What makes it greener on the other side? If you don't know, just sort of look it up when you get home and Google it, okay? It's not always good. I think God wants us to learn to, uh, to drink and eat at home. Can somebody say amen? 
I think God uses words like being ravished or comforted uh, at home. And you know what I mean. I've got a a diverse crowd in here. But God wants us to uh, find a oneness. And it starts with our relationship with God. That's exactly what God told Solomon. And even in the laws uh, that, that the plurality of wives will bring your heart distant from God. No man and no woman is able to handle uh, multiple relationships and premarital relationships. God is wanting you to d- discover a relationship with him. To the singles in here, the greatest advice, I think, spiritually is to fall in love with God and find a oneness there to where you are finding fulfillment in God. And that he is the great blessing He is the anointing. He is what you've been looking for. And then I believe God will bring somebody else along the way that will feel the same way about God. And when you're both looking to God, I believe it will bring you together. Can somebody say amen? I like the marriage retreat that's coming up. Brother uh, Cowling is working on that. And Sister Cowling, I like that word harmony and in step. I was like, wow, that sounds real good with what the Spirit is leading me to talk about. And I'm just thanking God uh, for His goodness. Amen? Oh, there's no need to look elsewhere. There's no le- wonder to look anywhere else. And even in a, a church like this, thank you, church. Thank you, men. And thank you, women that are, are serving God and serving Christ. And, uh, and we're not walking around the hallways of uh, trying to stare uh, other ones down. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, I got a few amens on that. Maybe there's too much staring going on. Huh? I mean, seriously, this is, this is God's place. This is God's church. There's no place to really uh, come and try to identify with other relationships really as uh, far as um, in, in, a, in a wrong way. Can somebody say amen? amen? Fellowship with God's people, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, learning from one another, edifying one another, growing one another, um, staring at another man's wife. No, I find that robbery. Hey! First of all, God said it's not only the act of adultery, but when you look at another um, with your eyes to lust after that person, you're committing adultery with them in your heart. And so I find that, that God is teaching us to, to resist the things that are forbidden and to not do things that are unholy. And uh, I believe I'm along, amongst good company, though. Amen? Thank God for that. Thank you for your example. Thank you for your love for Christ. Thank you for your love for God. And let's keep serving the Lord. Amen. There's really no time. I hear stories and I'm thank, thankfully I don't hear, um, I hardly hear anything around here. I, I don't get in on um, any of the gossip train, but per, for the most part, we, we have a, a, a wonderful thing going on here. We have a wonderful pastor, wonderful pastor's wife, uh, staying faithful to God. And I can't tell you how many times, Miss Wilkerson, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to my wife. You can ask her. I'll say, you know what? I like how Miss Wilkerson's doing this. And let's handle ourselves. And I'm looking to Brother Wilkerson. And, and uh, we're, we're all in a debate around here if he, who he's most like. And I think Jesus is winning the, winning the tally. We think our pastor's a lot like Jesus. But, you know, I don't think he's trying to be God. But I do, I do think he's so much like his name, John the Beloved. Because I think our pastor's near to the heart of God and wants to rest on the heartbeat of God and find God's will and God's plan and then communicate that to us. And I think that's a beautiful thing and I want to be like that as well. I want to be in tune. I want to be in step. Unity is 
not only a, a oneness, but it's also number four in one mind. And that's the other time it was translated, if you want to flip there quick, in Romans chapter number 15, if you can flip there quick. I am aware of the, the hour and the time, and I'll just cut it off here in a moment. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 6 where it says that you may be with one mind, that's homothomadon. It's the same word that's translated in other places as one accord, but God is saying that unity is so much more than union. Unity is, is, is so much more than union. Dr. Curtis Hudson uh, used to say, he said you could take a bulldog and um, a bobcat and tie their tails together and you've got union, but you do not have unity. Unity is so much more than just getting together and holding hands and singing Kumbaya, but unity is when we uh, come together with one purpose in one place, but we're also like-minded to the promises of God. They're looking for the plan of God and the will of God and his purpose and and they want to execute it and be a part of it. I don't have time to go through all of this, but the enemy will also attempt to imitate unity. I could take you to some of the places in the scriptures. I'll just tell them if you want to jot them down. 757, I remember that one because it was like a 357, you know. Uh, 757, but they come upon them with one accord. But it was, uh, it was with dissent, it was with evil, it was darkness, it was the, uh, evil attacking good. And the enemy tries to do that, and they sort of just rally everybody together in these days, and sort of join hand in hand. And they don't really care what they unite about as long as it's not the things of God, the things of truth. But as long as it uh, is somewhere in the areas of darkness, they don't mind just coming together, and a lot of the young people are falling for it. Because they're finding acceptance and they're finding um, that imitating unity. But let me tell you, nothing more unified than coming to the mind of God. God said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I find uh, uh, such a like-mindedness with so many people and a like-mindedness with the men on the platform because uh, we're in the same book and we're talking to the same God and we may see something a little different now and then, but for the most part, let me say, there's a great unity. It's like oil. It's like dew. It's, it's, it's the direction is from above. Groups like LGBT trans movements trying to teach our children garbage from kindergarten. Marxist movements like Black Lives Matter. Hey, there's a lot of junk out there, but I don't want to listen to the propaganda of the mainstream. I want to listen to God. Amen. I only have a minute or so, and I'm just going to say it. Jennifer Ruth Green's a great example. A member of our church, a godly lady, loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for, hey, if you look to the left, most of the time they're unifying around this. Let's get behind the minorities and let's get behind the women or genders, if you will. Let's get behind the military. But wait until there's a woman that's an African-American that's conservative and that's pro-life and loves God and loves family. And look at the millions of dollars coming out of California, New York City, and all the blue states because they are fighting against good. 
I'm not just talking about one lady that made somebody mad. I'm, you can look at John James and, um, and, and Michigan. You can look at Herschel Walker in Georgia. You can look all around. Look, at, it's just all about the things of God. Like Pastor talks about life. Hey, that's important to God. Family, that's important to God. Israel, can somebody help me? That is important to God. God said, I'll bless those that bless thee. I believe there's a divine blessing to those that would support Israel. And why is there so much hatred for it? Hey, I'm not standing with darkness. I'm not standing. I'm not fearful of the darkness. God said he'd prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I'm, I'm, I, hey, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I tell you, we have a great God that loves us so very much. And I believe there's a great unity that's coming together behind our pastor and first lady. I think there's a great moving of the spirit that's happening in these days. And that's why we have a full-time pastor that's traveling the world. And God is blessing him on an international level. That's why we have a, a, an administrative pastor that can keep the function of this church going. Because God is blessing our pastor in a worldwide way. Don't ever mock that. Do not ever talk bad about that. God is blessing our pastor. And God used hardship and God used trouble. And, and he just preached a whole message on, on storms. And he, and, he, and he said it. He said, you know what? If, 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 if Miss Wilkerson and he did not go through the troubles that they went through with their beloved son, Tyler. He said, but it was through that, that the conductor in heaven, if you will. The one that's able to bring the moving parks and bring them together and put them in the place of service for him. I believe God literally like a divine orchestrator, like a divine symphony conductor, literally reached down and grabbed the Wilkerson's out of the place of home uh, that's comfort and that's warm. I'm sorry. And that's so awesome and so beautiful and put them here with us. And man, do they exemplify the message tonight about a divine unity. Let's all hop in this accord, amen? They got 120 in there. We can do it too. We may be a few more of us. Let's have prayer groups getting together. And, and our purpose is not to get together and chit, chat, but maybe we could get together. Could somebody invite me and say, hey, we're going to pray that God's power and God's presence and we're going to pray that the blessing is going to come upon us. We already got all of him. Amen. I'm not looking for more of God. I got him all. I'm just thinking I need to give more to him. I want to surrender. I want to yield to the great conductor. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness and your blessings. God, you are so awesome. And we give you praise tonight. And we love you. And I pray your blessings upon each and every person that made their way out to a midweek Bible study. God bless them for their faithfulness. And thank you, Lord. You're a lot bigger than even our church, God. You're our awesome God. And we look up to you. You're high lifted up. And we think that you are the best. Hallowed be thy name. What a powerful, awesome God. There is none like you. There's nobody that compare. There is no other God. There's no other name under heaven given above men whereby we must be saved. Let's help us, Lord, please, as the great conductor in heaven, help us to get this good gospel around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.